Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Industry Tactics. Friendly Rich here, and on the podcast today, none other than Rusty Laser, aka Jay Pennington. We're sticking with this New Orleans theme. I don't know what's going on, but I'm following my nose. Another uh, uh, incredible human who uh, changed my life. If you go to friendlyrich.com and look under the books section, you will find my dissertation all about the this fantastic place uh, called the Music Box Village in New Orleans. And we talk about that with their co-founder today, Jay Pennington, uh, also a mogul in the bounce music uh, community, which I didn't know a lot about. And uh, thanks to Jay, we're all a little richer for it in this episode. He's such a creative soul. We get into it. We get into um, really picking his brain and learning as much as we could in the hour that, that I had with him. And um, while you're at FriendlyRich.com, look up those tour dates. I've got some shows coming up, so I hope to see you at those. So here it comes now, episode 150, my conversation with none other than Jay Pennington. if you just fucking totally transformed i mean whatever <laughs> here we are the joyous laugh of none other than jay pennington aka rusty laser on industry sure. tactics and i mean industry tactics it's the whole thing is a fucking joke we're making fun of the industry so i should begin by that i don't want you to think but at the same time it's not a joke like i've been asking people what they've learned along the way related to music and um you're you're a pioneer in so many different ways i i I don't use that term lightly but you certainly are and so um you know i'm interested in uh in how you came to be you you know the, the creative force that you are um when did you fall in love with music oh man I don't remember, you know, I yeah. don't have a, there's no way to know, you know, I, I have, you know, there's pinnacle moments, mm-hmm. but, uh, certainly like for me, just, you know, growing up in a house where, you know, one, one 50, 50, one part soul blues, R and B James Brown, BB King, yeah. one part that Bobby blue bland. And then the other part, you know, going to see, going to the Houston livestock show and rodeo and seeing every, country artists from the the breadth of the 70s and 80s you know like anyone you can think of i've seen them i saw them as a child and was you know like 
then went into metal and punk and the, the Houston and livestock. Else, so. I got to write this down so I don't forget the Houston livestock rodeo. Is that what you just show said? And ro- show and rodeo. Houston livestock show and rodeo. Oh fuck! Yep. My grandfather was a cattle rancher. Oh, here we go. Go too far back. Um, like, well, I'll keep it. it short. My grandfather was a cattle rancher. His four daughters are yeah. raised cattle as well, and okay. one of them happens to be my mom. Oh, uh, wow. We every year, my grandfather would go to the livestock show to show yeah. cattle, sell yeah. cattle, and you know, be a cattleman. Yeah. And we, as kids, like this large group of like 1970s style parenting, we were pretty. They would just take us there. And right. this place is right. the Houston Astrodome. It's, you know, a gigantic compound. And it was at the Astrodome. Multi- okay, amazing. Yeah, it was multiple uh, acres of land. Wow. And we would just wow. disappear while our parents drank and shot the shit, you know? Yeah. Did business, yeah. I guess, or yeah. whatever it was they were doing. But we'd go see every performance at the okay. rodeo. And it was, you know, every country star. Charlie Pride, Dolly Parton, okay. uh, Willie Nelson. Uh, and then, like, you know... Casey and the Sunshine Band and Cool and the Gang and oh, Richard Pryor and neat. you know Whoa. like Whoa. it was yeah it's always been like the biggest sort of talent booking that leans on country at a time when like country was particularly beautiful yeah, um, yeah nice you know the seventies nice. mainly yeah. so like I, yeah. I feel like I got that and then I and then that never really left as I like just kept getting deeper into being a drummer I, it was like school band then okay you know. And you're uh, growing, you, grew up, you grew up outside of, uh, in Houston or outside of Houston or what? I grew up in Aleaf, Texas, which is really Houston. It, I just learned that it's the, it wasn't when I was a kid, but it is now, it was becoming this when I was a kid, okay. but it is now uh, the most diverse place in America. There's oh, yeah. 80 languages spoken in, in Aleaf, in the, in the neighborhood of Aleaf. Amazing. Um, and it was going that direction when I was a kid. So my high school yeah. experience was extremely diverse due okay. to the oil industry, you know, so okay. suburban. And then, you know, I was like a kid. So I was going, I was into shows really early, like around 12, yeah. 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And my mom would just, you know, drop me off at shows. And that became, I mean, you could go to punk shows then without, Yeah, I should clarify. They weren't just letting me in like adult. Yeah. Yeah. Venues. Okay. I mean, they were, I should say they were, but they were doing it with the full knowledge that I was there because of music, because of music. I wasn't uh, awesome. trying to get drinks or get wasted okay. or whatever. Okay. I was just okay. lo- in love with it. Oh, that's great. That's a beautiful yeah. answer. So I, I, didn't, I, I mean, man, I didn't even ask how you were. I just went fucking went right for it, straight <laughs> for the jugular. <laughs> yeah. I, I see the, the real transformative experience musically was mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, I have to think I have to do this forever. I uh, was getting stoned in the parking lot between um, my first day of marching band and then inside band when you do when you work on the music yeah. itself like marching yeah. is its own practice yeah. in the beginning and an indoor band is just where you sit and work on the music right. and all the drummers you know drummers are a click in and of themselves yeah and the older drummers sure. got us all stoned and then we went inside Great. which i had never done and we went inside yeah. and you know 350 400 piece band starts playing and i was just like oh god <laughs> damn it like this is wow i didn't know we were going here you know mm-hmm. i didn't know you could get this this much like put fullness and push from yeah. music and uh yeah. and uh, you know yeah then it was just how, a, how a, old are a, you at that addiction point? to that um well, you know 14 yeah years beautiful, old beautiful yeah i was going to metal shows and stuff but i just didn't think yeah. band had any value until i heard it at that level that's cool it's cool it's cool that you got that transformative experience in school in like a a school setting i mean i don't think that many other transformative didn't get many others 
Take what you can yeah. get, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to pick and choose. Yeah, <laughs> slim, exactly. slim pickings, slim pickings. Precisely. Um, but that's beautiful, and, and it's nice to hear a leaf. You don't hear a in lot Texas. of a leaf. Well, in the you news. do if you think of Lizzo or Beyonce. They both went to uh, same high school as me. And there's oh, a few wow. other people uh, that are really big names that you would recognize as well. Houston oh. is like okay. fourth largest city in America. It's essentially Houston some, then. Okay, got it. Got yeah, it, got it, yeah, bound to produce some big, big names eventually. Okay. But A-Leaf itself, like I think okay. it just, we were blessed. It, it, it really was like the oil industry shifted and people from all over the world moved to Texas in the 60s to, to engineers, like every, every trade level. But from a global perspective, it was mostly, you know, people moving down when Detroit failed first and then... Yeah. It yeah. became this like global melting pot, and so my high school was just. I, I look back on it now, kind of shocked that it was true because mm. it's. I know how. I see my friends with kids now in the schools they're going to, and the degree of segregation they experience is pretty strong mm-hmm. compared to what I had, which was you know I knew as many kids from Vietnam and and the Philippines as I did from Houston, you know, as I did from Texas. Eh? It was crazy. I mean, yeah. I don't, it's not something I recognized at the time. I guess I thought everyone. Right. Right. Yeah. You almost take that for granted, but it's like, wow, it's actually we're we're, we're getting worse. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Um, whoa. Uh, Deeper conversation there, um, but yeah. Yeah. No. No doubt. Uh, look, I. I um, that's. Uh, it's impre- It's just impressive. The 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 whole that whole history as you were touching on on Detroit and. Now you've been how many years you've been living in New Orleans? Like you're 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 New Orleanian at this point. We're going to say right? It's official. No, they're not going to say it. Nobody from say here that? would say it. All yeah, right. no, I'm I not. Like that. I have to disavow it, but I have been here for like okay. twenty years. Like twenty, 20 plus years. It's yeah. blurry because okay. I came like everybody else. Come, you go, you come, you go in the beginning yeah. because you're okay. trying to figure out if you can live here or yeah. not. Because there's yeah. I'm from Texas. I really thought I'd end up farther away. You know, you I thought I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I went to, I lived in New York. I lived in right. uh, Los Angeles. I lived in, in uh, Chicago, I, yeah. Bay Area. I, yeah. tr- I like, I went to a bunch of places as a musician, like okay. trying to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was, I kept coming back here and being like, this is the only one that really will permit me mm. the luxury of being a musician for the rest of my life without question. You know, like as long as I keep up my end of the bargain and care about playing drums or care about making music, okay. the community itself will sustain that. And I was playing early on when I when I showed up here, I was playing with people who were in their 70s and 80s. And I was like, oh, shit, this is like this is where you get it. This is where you become a musician because it's your whole life, not because you mm-hmm. need to pay for a house or take care of a paycheck or Mm-hmm. Um, whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever reasons people go into playing. Also, I learned that you would sacrifice other things. There's absolutely no industry really in a big way here. And, okay. you know, if you were a session drummer, for instance, there wouldn't be many jobs, you know, pre-internet. So okay. it's, uh, so it was like making a choice to like uh, be in a place where just like music was um, prioritized and just a huge part of everybody's daily life. And, um, and when when you go out yeah. there and actually stay out there, does did, had you you've kind of you had kind of found your community already? Is that what drew you to kind of settling there? Um, no, my sh- I showed up um, with a bunch of friends I had met in Maine, and we mm-hmm. I worked um, kind of like a summer season in Maine, uh, busting tables, doing shit like that, and um, the friends I had made there were all 
were awesome people, instrument mm-hmm. inventors and, um, you know, kind of foreboding, uh, people who invented instruments, people who were like writers and fun people. It was a small group, of course, small, small town in rural Maine, mm-hmm. um, Bar Harbor, Maine. And, uh, we took off down south uh, when the first snow hit in like October, like October one or something. It was the first day of snow. We were like, we're out. you know, yeah, 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 gotta go. I, at least for me as a Texan, I knew I had to leave. Oh, right, Other, right. Sorry, main, I forgot that detail. Yeah, yeah, the Mainers could have probably done it. But um, yeah, yeah. so I went, I ran to, we ran down to Mexico and we, we were like, let's see how long we can live on this money we made in the summer. And mm. we stayed with different people. We hung out. We hitchhiked about 2,500 miles of Mexico playing music and doing weird shit, just having fun. It was really not the first time or last time I've, or not the last time I did that in my life, but definitely a formative, you know, decision to like just spend money to survive, to play music for a chunk of time. And we ended up back here in new Orleans. Uh, We'd met somebody down in, um, down in Mexico. Well, ran into a, a, an old friend of someone down in Mexico who said, Oh, well, you go back to New Orleans. Go when you go north, go back to New Orleans. Take these letters to my friends. I wrote some letters. This is, this is, you know, 95, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. wasn't send, no emails, right, none of right, that shit. Right. Send, send these so letters. Send these, yeah, here's, here's their addresses, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we uh, made it back up to Austin, <laughs> realized that Austin was not a fun place to do music, which I lived there for a while. That was like okay. the first place you move when you right. try to get out into the world in Texas. You go to the right. liberal enclave, you know, first. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I also knew there I wasn't like, it was all blues rock at the time, you know, 95. Hmm. There was like no, Steve Ray Vaughan. It was like no room for what I was interested in. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we, we went, we ended up back in New Orleans, like came up, came up with no money. We spent all that money we spent, talked about spending got our car barely back rolling on fumes into new Orleans. literally bro- literally ran out of gas before we got here. Mm-hmm. Um, like a hundred miles outside of town drove in, we're sleeping in the van hanging out. And then oh, wow. we started delivering, the- we started delivering those letters. You had a mission. And- yeah. 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 And, and we wrote little songs to go with the letters when we delivered them As and we within okay. minutes, yeah, <laughs> <it> was musicians <laughs> within like a couple of days of being here, I had some friends that I still have to this day that are still the closest people in my life, like a wow. uh, transformative group of friends that are uh, two of them just stayed in my uh, house while we left for Mardi Gras. So they took oh, over wow. our house for Mardi Gras. And uh, and these are like first people showing up on their doorstep. Here's a letter, you know. And, and uh, I love it. Ma- just a magical place. How can you not stay when that's like? Yeah, I know. I feel it. Know, the I way you find it. your way in. Yeah. You um, When do you meet the folks from the airlift? Like that's a big part of your life. When, when, yeah. You Huge. knew them before, right? I knew Delaney. Yeah, yeah, Delaney and I have been friends for much longer than we've been uh, Living conspirators, here. Okay. co-conspirators. Yeah. Um, we we met through our friends who did these like crazy traveling, like sort of freak show circus things that were you know goofy and fun and and raunchy and hilarious. And uh, Delaney and I met through that sort of world in New okay. York. She was she's in New York folk and i lived there for about five years while Mm i um hung out with this friend of mine and her kid in a squat in uh, the lower east side and helped raise her kid for a few years like poorly i'm sure i was so (laughs) young and stupid i'm sure i wasn't helping but i tried and um just in case she ever sees this i have to say that to be honest love it yeah and uh you know but anyway yeah uh delaney i met around that time Mm -hmm. and then it was like years later uh it was katrina you know later which is to say maybe 
seven years later where um you know she had gone to school she had uh left to go to school in london and i was traveling around doing art installation as a job at big art fairs like my like basel in miami and basel in switzerland and all Mm -hmm. these different places and um we hatched the airlift in berlin where we met up to hang out and like talk about this idea of bringing new orleans artists out of new orleans to survive the times that were too difficult to stay in new orleans so that people we were mostly concerned that people were just going to leave you know and yeah yeah. because there was you know lots of artists no no audiences no one who could afford to come to your show or there weren't even people to come to shows it was a it was a, a isolated weird time difficult time so we were like let's get these artists out of here to find some opportunity somewhere else where the money just is and then they can come home and stay in new orleans and buy their time on that while they wait for the city to come back you know um that was the origin of that idea but meeting delaney and taylor is two you know separate processes altogether as friends i've met taylor before him and delaney uh started dating we knew each other around the neighborhood Hmm. uh, just in a lot of circumstances we like a lot of the same things yeah yeah (laughs) so we made friends separate yeah Yeah. exactly and then it all kind of you know when obviously when they met you know another yeah. story altogether and how yeah. they got together but the friendship is like a three-way wonderful like independent thing that also makes room for a relationship and you know what i mean like yeah. we're just we're yeah kind of a more of a trio in a lot of ways well it's, uh, it's, it's 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 beautiful that i i'm always i love hearing that story just and and hearing it from different angles too because for me it feels just like any great band or collaboration kind of like hey how did how did it all kind of intersect and and you've really created something truly magical in in the work that you do as new orleans uh, airlift and and the music box village so it's um you know what I, i'm just hearing and just even some of like what the early inspirations were for it is your ego is really checked at the door with a lot of the work that you do like you're more interested i i hear in like supporting artists than you are almost in your own work in your own work as an artist is with that is that fair to say like you just seem very like inspired to connect people as much as you that's part of your art i guess that's part of your your process yeah speaking to me personally not to like the sort of overall um principle of what the airlift is you know how we treat and how we treat that uh definitely for me um you know, I'm one of those people, like, I always just thought that all my friends should like all my friends and know all my friends <laughs> and they should all be friends because they're, I love them all. Yeah. Why don't they all love each other? You know, like, why don't right. they all understand and love each other? And that is ridiculously naive. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, I was say uh, that. Yeah, good. It doesn't good. account for anything, you know, it's, it's just a complete pie in, pie in the sky fantasy. Um, Start there, though. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of how my brain works. And it is what I'm really interested in is seeing, like, connections happen and those connections are the same things that occur between like you know an audience and big frida you know Mm -hmm. or whatever it's the same kinds of things it's not just like interpersonal connections like airlift creates but just Mm -hmm. the the large scale sort of ripples from that things that like affect large groups of people unwittingly um putting peaches together with you know about 
30 mostly femme, 99.9% femme artists uh, Mm. to recreate her catalog in the Music Box Village Mm. um, was in anticipation in my heart of what actually came to pass, which was that, you know, Tiff Lamson from The Givers, who was the musical director for that show, and uh, several other, the tuba player, um, uh, Megan Brunius, and uh, other artists ended up joining Peaches on a retrospective version of her career across mm. Europe mm. with a with a 50-piece organization instead of a 30-piece organization inspired by what we had done in the Music Box Village because she wasn't contemplating a thing like that yeah, until yeah, until yeah. then. And to see those artists like go off with her. And now, you know, Peaches is about to do her uh, Teaches of Peaches 20th anniversary tour and Tiff Lampson is back out on the road with Peaches. You know, Amazing. So those things, there's so there's a lot more stories like that, but those are maybe, yeah. you know, when I feel the most rewarded in terms of my life purpose, mm-hmm. making music is just like something I've never had a choice about. Like mm-hmm. I just care about it, think about it, mull it over. I'll go years sometimes without playing, but still thinking about it nonstop. Yeah. And it's just the it's just this very personal uh, internal thing that is not about necessarily that connection. If anything, I'm like a terrified of it in in my own creative work, you know, because it's so hard to find people to really collaborate with it on the most personal things to you. The bands that right. I've been in in the past have been right. varied, but they've all been based on some deep abiding. That's so interesting. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I like, like a partnership, you, whatever it is. I like you admitting that fear of like it's like yeah, but yeah, you know, uh, mm, terrifying, terrifying. Because yeah. yeah. what if you give your? I've many times have like given my life to like just the sounds that I can make with another human being, and mm-hmm. then the life that exists between those sounds can be so fraught and challenging and complicated. The experience of each other can right. just be so intense that it like. Yeah, I'm just extra, I, I just feel maybe more cautious than ever about that sharing that vibe, and it's like a little bit like a you know gun shy lover kind of relationship to it. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. little gun shy. I'm a little bit like mm-hmm. you know because I've been fortunate to be in projects that wholly encompass what I think I can bring to the table. You yep. know, yep. at that time, I, yep. I'm like nervous about being anything that doesn't feel like that 100. percent You've you've seen what incredible collaboration looks like, so you want to make sure. Like. Yeah. 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 Feels like because it's really an internal. It's all the internal feels feeling, like. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh, Good. Man. Good. It's everything. It looks like. What the fuck does? Yeah. Yeah. It tastes like in the moment. It, you know? it looks like people running like. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Um, sometimes it's just asses up in the same Yeah. No regard. shit. It's um, just the other way around. So so. Uh, how do you come to bounce music? Like I, I you're you're you're. you're your name gets tossed around a lot in that, at least from my knowledge of you and your work. Like, how does how does that all come to be? You mentioned punk, you mentioned metal, you mentioned you know yeah. a, a lot of different genres. But how does uh, how do you get into that world? Is it strictly you moving to New Orleans or what? Um, no, I definitely uh, I used to listen to this radio station. Uh, it was sixteen hundred AM when I was in. Uh, fourth grade, so whatever that is, like, okay. um, I'm 51 this year. I'll be 51 soon, so I'm 50 now. Whatever okay. that is, like, I don't know what year, what, how old you are when you're in fifth grade, but um, 10? Yeah. 10 ish? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so, uh, so yeah, I used to listen to the station, and that would have been like 19. 
81 that was playing like fat boys and run DMC and all, you know, like immediately out of the gate, I was, my friends and I were like, Holy shit, this is incredible. Like, this is, you know, a music, it was only on AM dot channel. It It was only at the top of the dial. They called it M 16. And, um, and we, and it was, you know, I, I think that was the first thing that I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh shit, I, Mm -hmm. this is beautiful. This is Mm -hmm. such beautiful music. And then, Mm went into punk and metal and all the okay, other things okay. after that and then circled back around. So it like, That's it's so not that cool I did it. Yeah. It's not that it was dormant. It's just that I always had a love for it, but I just didn't make it. So I could mm-hmm. make punk. Mm-hmm. I could make metal as mm-hmm. a drummer. Mm-hmm. I could make these things, but I couldn't really make, I didn't produce. So I couldn't really make what rap was. It didn't right. even occur to me that I could, you know, except for the stuff that had like a, you know, the yeah. run DMC Aerosmith, Right. <laughs> you know, kind of, yeah. kind of vibe, you know, yeah, I, could, yeah. I could figure that out in my head, but none of it, none of the rest of it sounded, Eric B and Rakim didn't sound anything like what you could make with a drum set, right. you know? Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, I got into that and I had great friends. I, all my friends were deeply, deeply, deeply into music and they were constantly bringing things to each other. We, you know, from reggae to like or mm. the first faith, no more record to, you know, um, yeah. to my friend being like, Oh, you like, you like that? You like Public Enemy? You really, really like the Dead Kennedys, or you really, really like uh, nice. Minor Threat? You know, that's great. That's great. Just a good group of friends, I, and they're yeah. still my friends in that yeah. way to yeah. this day. We still, a lot of times, like that. For a while, it had reached a point where we didn't talk as much as we listened to music. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so anyway, uh, I think for me, like uh, all the um, all the love for that was deeply embedded really early and then it just kind of like sat there and was something i cared about and it wasn't really i don't really i'd been to a bazillion live hip-hop shows and never had the feeling that i got the participatory like all in it together that i got from like metal and punk and and yeah yeah. and even like goth dance nights and shit you know like i'd never gotten any of that from any of that i never gotten that from that thing until um after katrina and i my friend who was over here writing uh she was uh swedish she was like have you heard of sissy bounce and i was like what are you talking about and she was like and I, I hadn't known of this word, but I didn't know what it was. And, yeah. and she was now it's, a, you know, seen as a bit of a pejorative to say that. So I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't use it as a de- defining term now. Okay. But that was her kind of sentence right. to me as this Swedish lost writer. And she was like, <laughs> you should look this up because these okay. people are fucking incredible. No yeah. one was on Wikipedia. No one was. Right, there was nothing right. on the Internet because it was all word of mouth in New Orleans, you know. Wow, wow. And uh, wow. and so I figured out about, you know, like kind of what Big Frida was doing. Oddly enough, about that about the time Delaney and I were starting our work, um, oh, wow. we got You're invited to do that time. Okay, yeah, it was cool. 2007, eight. Okay. You know, okay. we got an invitation from a publication to write an article. Um, we wanted to feature Big Frida and Sissy Noby, and so we kind of, you know, an early airlift project was coll- collaborating with Frida, and um, and then this kid named Dreskull. Uh, who is an excellent producer, runs a label, just a complete monster in, uh, mm-hmm. in um, New York. He contacted me uh, and said, you know, I'm, I'm working on some songs. I'd really love to come down there. I'd really like to work with Frida and, Sis- and oh, Katie wow. Red and Sissy Noby. You know, he was just way, way, way ahead of it. Just wow, really wow. Under, under, saw it from afar in yeah. a rare, rare way. No kidding. And because there had been stories for years about, you know, uh, tons of bounce. We knew all knew about Did You Believe. I knew about bounce. Period. It's okay. just this movement 
of underground at the time okay. to the rest of the world, queer rappers. And then it, and so he came down here, did some songs. That was an airlift project in and of itself, like awesome. introducing Dre Skull to these artists. We did some photo, photo shoots with, um, with the, his friend ports. It was, it turned into some wow. magazine things and, and some music that got released on vinyl and, and, uh, and stuff. It's really cool project that actually came to fruition, mm-hmm. but, um, it really wasn't until, uh, and I, Prior to this, I had like met Frida a few times, and I ran into Frida, and I was like at a at a second line, and I was like, "Look, do you want it?" Love it's it. like I go to New York all the time to DJ, and yeah. I play your music constantly. I've played it oh, all yeah. over the planet. Do you want to go out into the world to these places where people are dancing to your music and be in per- be there for oh. them? show them what it is yeah, dancers yeah, yeah. you know you you performing because your energy i had gone to a bunch of her nights and it was just like this energy is just the most ridiculous energy i've ever felt it was uh-huh. many people from my punk life i took to her nights she was doing like five nights a week here in new orleans i would take to her nights and they'd just be like this is absolutely what punk is this is a hundred percent that energy it. i love it, it was it was thrilling for me because i hadn't been around anything like that in a while and mm-hmm. like it you know just not not on that order and and anyway it, yeah it's just, it's just beautiful though that like you're talking that fine line between it ain't really about the genre of music right it's more about the energy of it and like that's 100 yeah it's 100%. really beautiful yeah yeah i would agree with that it, it's it is within that as well since we're since your show is uh industry tactics please uh, within within may i yeah uh within that as well is um a work ethic like big frida's you know, like just a monster work ethic, like somebody yeah. who we went to New York, we had nine shows in about nine days booked, oh, great. Um, like a tour of New York City and <laughs> fi- and one show in Philly, you know, Crazy. but I, I had already been DJing all over New York and knew that every party I DJed at had its own audience, had its own like core. Yeah. And so I just like got on all those things with the help of my friend, um, Dirty Finger, DJ Dirty Finger in New York, who is you know, the most overlooked and, un- and, and unbelievable DJ that I've ever met in my life. Like wow, wow. just overlooked because he stays in New York and he works so hard in New York, but like just nobody care. I've never met anybody that listens to music as much as he does. Like okay. just never met a human who cares as much oh, wow. um, about music. But at any rate, uh, he, he him, Japanther, the kids, the guys from Japanther, Ian and Ian and Matt, um, our friends from other groups, friends who were writers for um, Bust magazine, like people we knew from the par- from partying, okay. were more than happy to like slot Frida in next to things like Ninja Sonic or next to things like uh, Japanther, like you cool. know what what were like yeah punk punk mm-hmm. ethos because mm-hmm. most of my dance parties were were like that you know um, at that time. Yeah. And Frida, like I said, it was like readable. Everyone understood it the exact same way that they understood the punk band right before yeah. and the yeah. and the weirdo hip hop group right after. Um, it just Fun. slotted in really nicely, and then that led to doing that for a couple of years. Um, I mean, by the second day, Frida was like, "I just want to do this. Let's just do this." And I'm like, "Okay, well, let me let me figure out how to do that." And you know, because I'd never booked a hip hop artist, I'd never so, toured with a hip hop artist. I'd never so done you anything you, like that. you fell into a role of like tour manager or manager as in essence it sounds like yeah it was a lot it was a lot more than i bargained for it was tour manager it was manager it was driver it was um uh what do you call it logistics like getting from place a to place b buying tickets all those things it was advancing shows and it was through tour managing i guess and it was performing on stage 
so as a dj you're so beautiful would, you're beautiful you just you you pivot like no other this is it like was nuts. Just, yeah it was nuts it was 16 hours a day every day minimum i bet like i couldn't I believe i did that to myself because i'm a pretty lazy person like i just like to read books and chill out i really am not if if i didn't have music to carry me i would do that oh. only okay know? like Great. i would just chill that's the books. that was the sound bite right there <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I hear you, but it's too beautiful, all the stuff that you're up to, that unfortunately you're, uh, you're in this, right? I think that's part of that. Yeah, to that's some the degree. thing. Yeah, yeah. I do check out, you know, like yeah. I am really good at checking out. I've you learned know that, that about you yourself. Yeah. If you don't take breaks, they take you, you know, Amen. Like I, I live for that. And I tell people yeah. all the time who I see making themselves ill yeah. uh, in, in their lives and in their work, just take a fucking break. Just yeah. like the good universe... If the universe doesn't need you when you take a break, it doesn't need you anyway. <laughs> like, do something else. Do something else uh, with your life. And you know what? There, he, Jay just dropped the the real industry tactic there because you can end up like even if you fucking love all the great things that you're doing, you can burn out. Do you ever get close? Did, uh, did, you, have, did you have to learn that about Plenty yourself? Of times. The hard way, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but only in the last, like, only since really the work with Frida, I was never like. A, well, okay. I did art. Hand, I did art installation because you only had to work two weeks and you got like five thousand dollars, you know. And you mm-hmm. could just sit on that for however many months till the next one, you know, till the next uh, two weeks you had to work. And the rest of that time, I was in bands with my friends, not thinking about careers. Like yeah. I had five bands before Katrina that I was in that were okay. all playing different mm-hmm. ensemble arrangements, different styles of music completely. Yeah. And I, I loved it. And then of course, all those broke up after Katrina and I was like, well, I got to do something. DJing was a instant and easy fit. Like if there were no bands to play, then you yeah. could just play all the bands. And it, I, you know, it's just, it comes from like an interest in that and I tailor everything else around it. So if I can get to a place where I'm not, um, humping 16 hours a day to do it then i'm happy to be there but i also realize that if you want to do this thing then you're going to have to do all of the things me i shouldn't say you if someone if i want to do these things i'm going to have to do all of the things up to and including what ended up being music box which is you know operating uh, with my friends a venue um, it's which such is something a unique path you're on it's such a unique path that you're on that of course you 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 kind of do and and but that's nice to hear you say that it's like the art of taking a break too it needs to be in there like baked in to preserve yeah, not, who you are you not know? for productivity though you know, and I'm still I'm cribbing from the Nat Ministry when I say this, so okay. I should say that like they Nat Ministry is an incredible um, uh, Instagram about this sort of notion of of backing off for for personal yeah. purpose, but also for um, what amounts to I, I mean I don't know how to say this exactly right, so I may get it wrong, but it, what amounts to kind of like active reparations as well for black people, you know? So it's like a really structured thing that I don't lay claim to. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying like, they're absolutely correct in the notion that you don't need to rest for productivity's sake. You need to rest for the sake of rest. And that's maybe the thing I've learned the most. Um, and yeah. yeah, And for the sake of your community, for the sake, you know, I don't know. I've had a lot of great lessons in stepping away. And, um, I like this. Yeah, what's his name? Um, Benny Pete from Hot Eight. When they got, he's passed away. R.I.P. Benny mm-hmm. Pete, uh, tuba player, band leader of Hot Eight Brass Band. He when he, um, you know, when they blew up because they were in um, Spike Lee's documentary about the Katrina 
mm-hmm. uh, when the levees broke. They were kind mm-hmm. of featured in some ways in that. They they're, they're, they were a visible full part of the the story um, about what it meant, what Katrina meant to people. Mm-hmm. And they ended up becoming kind of noteworthy for it in traveling a bunch and leaving the city, which is, mm-hmm. if you know anybody in New Orleans, you know how hard that is. Like, mm-hmm. nowhere else in America is like New Orleans. It is very hard to leave and get mm-hmm. what you want from mm-hmm. life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you can... Frida has a uniquely high level of tolerance for not getting what she wants, but everyone in bounce everyone in in every new orleanian i know finds that to be the challenge a lot of times there's okay. just unique things you can't get anywhere else yeah, yeah. um oh That's crap cool. did i forget what i was gonna say that was like a tangent a hot eight hot eight benny pete said thank yeah. you you're so good at this uh benny pete said um uh i said what does it feel like you're out on the road all the time you're not at the second line every sunday you're not at, yeah. at um yeah. um uh, the club that you play at every Sunday night, what was it mm. called? Bean, uh, Bean Brothers. You're not mm. at Bean Brothers every Sunday like you used to be. Like you're missing all of these like things that continue to exist without you. And yeah. how's that feel? And mm. he was like, oh man, you know, if we're like the biggest band in town, they get booked for every second line. They were the band. At that mm. time, they were the band. And this happens in New Orleans. Like people mm. get favored for times and uh because we have our own scenes down here our own cultural realities it's not not like we take our cue from outside we we lift up a bunch of people and we're the community was lifting the shit up of out of hot eight at the time then they broke like in a more national sense and had to be away from us and benny p was like oh man you know if we don't do that all these other bands behind us will just get discouraged because we're getting all the gigs. Like we got to get out of the way so that these other bands can come up and like pick up these gigs and develop their own popularity. You know, he's like, well, I'll sacrifice something, but it doesn't really matter because like the whole thing works better. If I take a time, if we take, our time away even though it seems like they're getting bigger yeah. i knew what he was missing i knew is where his heart was and like how yeah. important it is for somebody from here to to be here as yeah. much as possible family is tight here family is a big concept here you know it's yeah. a hard thing yeah yeah so yeah. um so at any rate yeah i mean i feel like i've taken a lot of lessons in that kind of thing and i am um you know doing the same thing soon in my in my life with airlift as well and with other things that i've been working on i'm gonna i know me well enough to yeah. to know that it's about time to i can feel the pull to another yeah. shift okay. already happening and okay. uh you know i'm trying to be as grace graceful at it as i can be but i yeah. definitely feel um like you know part of just like yeah i don't know one of the harder parts of life for me has been just accepting the truth of things that that mm-hmm. I do to make myself happy, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you just do that thing to make yourself happy, like shifting jobs every few years or doing yeah. whatever. Right. And instead of saying, so my problem is, is that I shift jobs every few years and it's really frustrating, you know, cause it is, yes. it's scary to like yes. upend yes. your life and do a different thing, right. Right. but none of it sure. has ever turned out poorly yeah. or badly. Yeah. So it's, it's an unfounded yeah. fear that I'm trying to currently wrestle with, but, um, but I'm a, I, I like to build new things. I like to like mm-hmm. work with people on new things. I'm not as obsessed with the maintenance of long-term. Got it. In my Got personal it. relationships, cool with it. You know, yes. I've been with my partner for 10 years. Yes. All good. But yeah. on a, yeah. in terms of like creativity and work. I understand. Um, I was going to ask you how you were doing. I mean, I hope you edit this down. I feel like I'm just shit, babbling no, like there's a monster. There's no way. Speaking of lazy, no, every <sighs> goddamn word gets in there. Damn it. Okay. Um, unless they're... Uh, of course, 
contentious and then I, I will cut if you said something you don't want me to <laughs> please no, but, do please um <laughs> no this is gold and i thank you for sharing um okay. i wonder I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit because i was really impressed with both with you and also the airlift but in, included in that in early days of the pandemic and um and some of the stances that you were taking um and just saying, you know, some of the things I read coming out of, out of your camp was just really, really inspiring at that time when things were fucking upside down and everyone was really confused. You were all like, hang on a sec. We, 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 we've seen something like this before. Yeah. Um, it's been a messy two years at, at best to say. And I wonder how you've been doing and what you've learned, what you've learned over the, over that period, and and where you see yourself going, I think you were just hitting hinting at it that you do see yourself kind of what you've got cooking or what you're you're kind of thinking in terms of moving forward. I mean, but yeah, first question would be what what have you learned over the last couple of years of this pandemic and trying to function within it? Yeah. Um... I looked back through my notes and I made this list in January of 2020 that was like 30 hour work weeks, like uh, all these rules that that I needed to build into my life um, to be able to do other things. Yeah, Yeah. at a minimum. There were a few other things that were job related. And when uh, COVID happened, I just had those things still stuck in my brain. And I just started saying, let's do these things to our team in addition to others, you know, like certainly it was a group dynamic of overwork that we were all engaged in prior to uh, COVID. We were, Oh, we were doing, you know, it would be a 70 hour week and a 50 hour week and a 30 hour week and a 70 hour week and a 50 hour week. It's it's a fungus and you're sharing it. It's beautiful stuff, but it's too much. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. We didn't even have, we didn't even have like an adequate system for understanding what we were giving to the organization because Mm -hmm. we weren't like, we were all salaried. So we weren't tracking our time or thinking Mm -hmm. about that. So I started doing that as well. I started like tracking what kind of time I was giving things. I have a lot of additional projects already in my Mm -hmm. life. I have, The you know Nikki to B's um, estate is a part of my is a part of my reality. So when there's oh, wow. opportunities there, I work on that. Okay. When there's um, opportunities for myself to be creative, I work on that. And I try and like yeah. plug all these things into a time tracking device that lets oh, me wow. know whether or not I spent time on music this week. Did yeah. I actually spend time on music this week? And looking back and realizing that wasn't happening, but where all yeah. those hours were actually going was like, oh, shit, I really need to change this. This has got to be. I yeah. definitely don't want to keep doing this. And so we mm-hmm. were already kind of heading in this direction. I don't want to make it sound like I came up with this idea, but we were yeah. already heading in this direction of really examining ourselves and like what, whether or not we were happy and how, how exhausted or not exhausted we were. And we were, you know, it's it, that stuff will just break your brain after a while and you can't really see clearly. So we took yeah, right. the time to furlough everybody per, you know, the benefit of unemployment. Mm-hmm. And we took we let everyone, you know, take that time to themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, I think even our board was a little bit surprised that like people, the other organizations, people were just jumping in and volunteering mm-hmm. in the midst of like not getting paid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And our staff, we were like, no, 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 you don't understand. We want them to do nothing like we yeah. want want them to read a book or play music or do all of us are artists. Everybody in airlift is an artist. And so, um, and I don't mean that metaphorically. I mean, like literally all of us are, we're an artist led artist run artist founded organization. So, you know, given an opportunity, let's like take it, 
let's we don't have to ignore each other there's tons of things we can take care of on the side but yeah, for the yeah. most part delaney and i were like we'll handle most of it we'll reach out to you if we absolutely need you but okay. wow but take this take that time and it was absolutely worth it i think worth it to the organization but it also allowed us to like not only think how would we because in the middle of the panic you can't even imagine how you'd get down to 30 hours in the middle of the work yep. you can never think of less work but when you have no work you can start to kind of piece it from the ground up and we Got were it. like what if we don't book as much stuff what if we don't uh right. overextend ourselves and like cram our bandwidth to the very limit of what yep. is reasonable uh, this resonance you know, yep yes yeah instead of what if instead of 14 or 10 to 14 concerts in a season in like a three-month season what all of which have elaborate production times and all sure. sorts of crazy shit sure, uh and promotion production there's only six of us total and only four three of us do this work at the time right. so four of us did this work at the time so it was like yeah, do we yeah, yeah. get if we don't give ourselves all the all give ourselves all the objectives we have a lot less to do to get to those places so we switched to like one show a month in a three-month or four-month season you know okay. one and now it's like Lonnie Holly we we really put in the love we really put yeah. in the time we really yeah. put in the energy credit mm-hmm. to Delaney for going to the NEA for a project like this where mm-hmm. we really said you know we, what we want is duration with these artists we want time to like for them to for those who don't know what the Music Box Village is, you know, it's the musical architecture. That means almost nothing is conventional, um, mm-hmm. a conventional instrument, a guitar, a piano, or whatever. And so we're asking artists who play conventional instruments to do something very unfamiliar and very mm-hmm. challenging, mm-hmm. regardless of your ability to play the drums or the, right. or right. the you know, your whatever your chosen instrument is. Like, it's right, just right. a challenge. Right. Right. Um, and so we figured, you know, let's err on the side of, like, a few more weddings, a few more private events, which we wouldn't normally do per our mission. You know, let's lean on the, sure. on the few more of those, which are going to have to happen outdoors anyway, because it's yeah. COVID yeah. Um, and like oh, yeah. allow ourselves the freedom to like make these projects a little bit more magical and memorable mm. for us instead of just like, oh, shit, there goes that one. And no shit, there goes that yeah, one. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. you never you don't have time to. You don't have time to. You asked me about assessing, you know, Lonnie and I said, oh, I'm just. 24 hours away from it i'm still as yeah. i mean if we were going into another show this week you, you'd i would be never on, assess it exactly your mind would just be on to the next fucking thing you don't even know yeah. what the yeah i wouldn't yeah. have even learned any lessons yeah to make the next one better right yeah. i mean i'm just you know and you and yeah. you also end up making tons of decisions on exp- expedience which yeah. leads to all your biases come to the forefront when you're making decisions based on right. expedience right. you know all right. your fucking it's because you're making decisions based on gut and that's yeah. just fucking terrible yeah, yeah. you rely um, on uh, maybe even bad habits to get there at that point just to fucking get oh, it everything the yeah, line, yeah. Right? yeah stereotypes yeah, yeah. everything yeah. you 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 have yeah. to put everybody in yeah. in yeah. immediately right. recognizable categories so you can get it done right. and right. that is completely unfair so anyway, we, that's been a real eye-opening lesson. Like, how do we really do that? And when it's a production week, all of us are like, eh, it's 70 hours this week because all these right. other weeks are 30, you know? Oh, okay. and, I don't, and I don't bother you when it's not those times. And I don't call you at night anymore. And, I don't, and we had a very open door possibly. We all worked oh. around one table before. And I think yeah. that was pu- poisonous. I mean, I, I, eight I hours a day. I remember that table. You sat at the table. It probably looked cute sometimes because you're cute. Yeah, I was like, you oh, great. wow, this is this is really free. I mean, I always thought, wow, these folks are free. <laughs> One table. One table. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd like to say that we were like, that we had mastered something unique. But instead, oh, it, we were That was the vibes I was getting. But no, no we so victim- now it's... Yeah. It's now it's what? School desks. It's like... Uh, 
It's at home. You're at home. Oh, you know? okay. I mean, it's okay. It's uh, agreed Brilliant. upon days we do show up. Yeah, like everybody's going to work from smart. from site on Wednesdays or whatever yeah. it is, like yeah. some so kind of like dedicated thinking. time. Yeah, it, it, and which is rare for a place that's kind of venue driven. But really, the only people who have to be there every day are Taylor and Christian, people who build things in how right. like right. people who are like have yeah. to keep have to do continuous maintenance on the on the yeah. houses and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we just delineated what those things were in a better way. And I think all gave ourselves like the respect to realize that if I overbook too many shows, Taylor has to work too hard to keep the music box running. And if we do that, then Taylor doesn't get his 30 hours, but I somehow ma- magically do or And then it whatever. feels icky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels yeah. icky. So yeah. it, it was more, we were definitely having an imbalance, like shop guys work nine to five, but people like me and Leah and, and Delaney and others were working just I mean, when you're a booker, when you book for a venue, you're a 24 hour call. Like I was getting calls right. from people in, in, you know, uh, uh, Molly at fucking, you know, three in the morning about a show that they were going to, you know what I mean? Like pe- musician, New Orleans yeah. musicians travel the whole world. So you're dealing with all kinds of crazy shit. Right. And right. It was hard to explain all those things until we all said cumulative 30 hours is what belo- is what will That's make us so all happier cool. people. And you did that through analyzing using that app, just kind of like how, how, what the sweet me, spot was for 30 hours? I mean, that's yeah. where it became more and more and more important to me. It was like, if I'm putting in 40 hours, where's the yeah. 10 for, for my work? Yeah, like, yeah. where's the 10 for what I do? Right. And I'm, yeah. I have historically in, in Airlift been the kind of person who's like, I would rather hire somebody to do some of the things that a job might want of me and give up, more, give up a proportional amount of my salary to yeah. have less to do you know i've been offered like manager jobs when i worked in coffee shops and i was like no 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 don't do that to me yeah yeah. that's a thing that's a job that's a title it's a it's a purpose it's a responsibility and it's it makes you you know i just wanted to there are part there are parts of me that even if if i love a thing as much as i love airlift and as much as i love music box there is a part of me that's like no i have to carve this 10 hours out for me or i'm i'm fucked when i lose this you know i'll be it'll take me 10 years to catch up you know right Right. Are you, um, as we wrap up, I could fucking talk to you all day. Isn't that the truth? But as as we, we'll we'll wrap it up. I, 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 I don't want to keep you too long either, but but are are you, where uh, you were touching on it, kind of like where you want to go. Do you, have you figured that out? Is it something that you're comfortable talking about or are you still in that phase of like mapping that out? Yeah, I'm, I have the benefit of a partner who really is 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 took the reins on that when COVID hit she used to make jewelry and she switched to uh, another kind of career within this like interiors world you know like more like design and decor and 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 interior design and things like that Mm -hmm. and she you know just jumped off that ship of making these handmade earrings every day that was her income when she got unemployment you know and i was just like so impressed with her ability to like take that sharp turn in a real intense way i know i'm i i help run a nonprofit. like you can't just take sharp turns like that that don't rock the boat over but um but i'm all through my time in this project and other things i maintain a, a drip of like other things i'm interested in yeah uh, other other engagements other things that are fun for me um curating a thing in arkansas that's a bunch of 55 performers from new orleans going to perform at the momentary museum in arkansas in june and so there's never kind of not a piece on the side of my life that i'm that i'm keeping for me that i'm always working on um and i don't know that i'm i've ever in my life had the luxury of knowing what the next page is like no that's the mystery eh? 
Never had it. I mean, I've never had it. It's always been great surprises, really yeah. fun, uh, ch- really fun opportunities and situations have have come before me through all kinds of crazy avenues that have, yeah. Yeah. you know, not much to do with with anything more than like wonderful friendships and things like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I I feel like I don't know. I won't know until I know. But in the yeah, meantime, I'll just keep I'll just keep those side projects going. Do I'm you- making. I'm producing more, which is fun. You Neat. know. Neat, man. Yeah, on the computer. I mean, like, I've never really done that. So okay. uh, anything that feels like a new path is going to uh, draw my interest, usually. I love this. I wonder if you're you're more confident in that unknown now in your career than you've ever been before. Like, do you feel less freaked out about it? More freaked out. Way oh. more freaked out. Yeah, 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 way more so. You'd think I had gotten better at it, but it's it's oh. us, usually that thing, it, yeah. like sort of Tarzan, like the thing, the rope, the next vine sort of comes to meet my hand uh-huh. because I'm I'm constantly always thinking about the things I'm interested in and like yeah. talking about the things I'm interested in. So the yeah. vine is usually just that thing, and it, it usually sort of appears in the midst of holding on to the previous one. And mm-hmm. now I this is the first time I think in maybe years or ever in my life where I was just like consciously like letting go of the other one and um, not really having one to go to interested in tons of things. But you know, at 51, Mm -hmm. I don't feel in any way older than 23 anymore, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, at 51, the larger notion of like life, major life turns. Yeah. uh, And especially ones that like could include no income. Or yeah. let way less way less income than yeah. um, you know we built. It's funny because we built a job yeah. for ourselves with the Music yeah. Box Village and Airlift yeah. that is, you know, really us from the ground up. It's the way we think. It's what, it's what we want to do. And yeah. now you know, in my heart, I'm you know because of the way I operate, yeah. thinking about leaving that just feels terrifying. It's like right, you know right, you you right. idiot. You went and made the thing yeah. that you wanted yeah and yeah. now what you know it's yeah. kind of seems stupid but i also I felt the same about yeah i felt the same about touring you know like yeah. my whole life i was just like all i want to do is just tour all over the world yeah. and then i went and did it and i was like mm-hmm, yeah but you know i also yeah. love my house and yeah. i love my and i love my friends and they're having yeah. all these great experiences together and yeah. i'm having none yeah uh, i'm having this experience of another hotel you know yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so be careful what you wish for um, That's all. And, and airlift and, and music box village, I think, is probably one of the l- longer. Uh, if I if I read you, um, com- commitments on that end, or would you say it's? I know it's so dear to your heart that it's got to be like, yeah, yeah, sit differently than say your trip to Mexico, you know, or or, <laughs> or, or, or that that initial trip that got you to Mexico. Uh, you know, yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know how to answer that exactly. I mean, I could have phrased it as a question. It might have made it easier. <laughs> um, you want to try? Nah. Okay. I mean, it would okay. Here, I'll, I'll try. Would you agree with that statement I just made? <laughs> <laughs> it's about as much energy um, as I have right now on that one. Fair enough. What are yeah, you feeling? Um. um is that no? Is it, is, it, is it fair to say that that your that your work with Airlift is w- one of the bigger chapters or longest oh, chapters? Huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I, I mean. 
yeah, Delaney is, you know, 10 chapters Fierce. of my life, of my life. Story. Yeah. So, I mean, like yeah. that's already a given. Yeah. Um, but hmm. yeah, it's definitely the thing that, that, um, thanks to, thanks to Delaney to have taken the farthest, you know, have okay. like carried the farthest. I couldn't have done it at all alone. I wouldn't have had no, so no cool. motivation yeah, yeah, sure, for this. Sure, sure. Um, and I, I probably would have taken several <laughs> turns to a, like, to a lesser outcome mm-hmm. if I was, if it was, uh, if Delaney didn't, wasn't so driven and she's yeah, yeah. One, like wonderfully driven and a, and a real strong, um, that just has aesthetic sense, knows what they, knows what they yeah. can go for it and are, and are out there going for it. So in that sense, like I, I know that Taylor feels the same way as me in the sense that Delaney's in, is, is carrying so much of what is the, mm-hmm. uh, momentum of what we do. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a. I I feel like it's, te- it's definitely taken, um, the focus since we moved into this property, for instance, like we, before that we were in my house, we were doing things yeah. sporadically. Yeah, we yeah, were doing yeah. things, then not doing things and yes, doing things, not yes. doing things, you know, but now I was working like, as a musician, yeah, all the yeah. things. Yeah. Once we got a property in 2016, I, I will say I like, I actually was, you know, it was this, it was a bittersweet moment for me because yeah. I knew that it would call me here and, and require me to stay here, you know, right, in, in right, ways right. that, yeah, that I hadn't really chosen for myself like you know uh that's been the biggest challenge and the and the most insane thing and i think i've i've done that now for about five years six years that's what minus covid you know but uh that's that's about enough you know like that's about enough to learn as much as i can from that level of dedication towards one thing and now i feel like you know time to time to, again time to get out of the way of other people we're too small right. an organization for anyone to come up into my into yeah. the things that i do if i don't yeah. leave it yeah. and uh yeah. Yeah. and then time yeah. to learn a whole bunch of other lessons uh you know i the the for me the core of all of this is how selfless and i know you're freaking out about whatever the rest is but but I, there is a there, i love the way you kind of always frame it for others you know uh, you've, that's you've probably, touched yeah, I don't know. You touched a on that def- deflection, you know, yeah. like it's a yeah. little bit of I I suck at, at, at most like compliments. I All right. to I'm like, not going oh, to no, no. make I'm not going to make you a saint here, but uh Yeah, yeah. So so uh two two last questions. What makes you belly laugh just out of curiosity? What makes you really <laughs> Uh uh oh man. Just cuz I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I am bona fide a stand-up like yeah. fan, you know. Okay. Like from t- my dad had Flip Wilson records, uh, uh, Richard Pryor records, um, nice, nice, everything, yeah. everything you can know, all on vinyl as a kid. And I listened to all of it. Okay. Totally should not have listened to any of it. And yeah, looking yeah. back, like, knowing enough. what I knowing right. what it's made of, like, yeah. but yeah. Uh, that's probably the thing that makes me laugh like the most and the deepest. It's like Love I it. really I think about it all the time. I think there's Love a it. there's a parallel me that's funny enough for that and and not afraid uh-huh. of being alone on a stage enough to try something like that but really mm, oh yeah. yeah but but nah you know i mean it, it's yeah. uh you know when i see people do it yeah really well yeah. and you yeah. know i saw bill hicks one of his oh, last wow. shows you know wow. have wow. had a lot of experiences with going to see that kind of stuff and absorbing it and just being like no that's another 
Yeah, it's another muscle or another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I'll sit behind the drums. There I'll play the records behind the table. There you go. You know, put a thing between me and the audience. I'm good. Maybe I could be a standard comedian behind a table. Like, uh, <laughs> forget about the stool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna need a whole desk. Yeah. Um, man, this has been a joy. You are a, a big inspiration, and. Um, I love so much about what you represent, you know, and uh, I, uh, what, for any young creative listener out there, young listener who's, who wants to be a creative, let's say, or, or just get into music or, or the weird side of uh, culture, what might you leave with them as, as, a, as a parting gift, a little nugget that you've picked up along the way in all of your travels? You've you've li- you've lived many lives in this 50, 50 plus years now. Yeah, we left years. a bunch out. We left a bunch. Yeah, out. no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know that. Yeah, even to me, I'm like all these, you know, all these yeah. other stories. Um, what is the chunk of of something useful? Uh, hmm. Would probably just be. Um, um, don't quit it. Just don't quit it. I mean, all my friends who I knew, those kids I mentioned in high school who were all into music, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the ones who didn't quit are still crushing. Yeah. One of them, one of my friends runs a label with Rough Trade, like what, you know, like wow. all these different things that are, you know, that have like, you know, you'll find your place in it, whatever it is, like whatever weirdo world you want to be in. Yeah. Regardless. Um, don't worry about that at all. Just, just don't stop doing it. D- keep well, I it. I love that. Keep it functional. You know, it's a muscle. Like you said earlier, you know, yeah. it's a muscle. If you don't use it, it yeah. completely falls off the vine and it doesn't yeah. take much to like, it doesn't take much to give up that time to, for yourself or that, like that interest or whatever. It doesn't take much. You well, yeah. To, according like, to your app, it. according to your app, it's only uh, three hours a day. <laughs> that would be it if I could if I could only pull it off um, if I could only pull it off and no it's in all seriousness it sounds cliche but you're right like there is the art of just if you're allowed to keep living I mean there's that yeah, right yeah, but it, yeah. and if you have that that privilege of course but just the art of continuing to punch no matter how weird or yeah. off the path it is like you're you're a, you're a definite uh example of that of it just persisting yeah. right so you have to be certain that the goal in my opinion i had to be certain that the goal was not being seen per se mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. fully you know but the goal was really the chasing the feeling of doing it fun and doing it well and having a fun time you know like really being on stage with Frida was not about like what how many big how much bigger the stages get or how much bigger the audiences get mm-hmm. with each version of the tour mm-hmm. it, it's a hundred percent like am I feeling what I think the audience is feeling and perceiving right now you know am I am I as in this with them as they are with me and you know anytime I kind of feel like I'm not in that fully mm-hmm. whatever it is like if I start to second guess or or whatever um there's always room to pivot in the in the world of like music entertainment whatever it is performance art all those things there's always room to pivot in that world and no one will fault you for 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 taking on more interests or finding more things uh that that intrigue you you know like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be upset about that it's just not 
quitting because a goal wasn't met or, or objective wasn't found or uh, a thing wasn't as satisfying as you thought it was or whatever it is. Like th- those are the non-starters for me. I just can't even imagine um, a life like that uh, mm-hmm. where you wouldn't, where you wouldn't just find another way. Like I said, with losing my, all my bands, all five bands after <laughs> Katrina and then just yeah. DJing because me and yeah. my partner, one of the bands, we broke up. Um, I was like, we're not breaking up because we hate each other. We're breaking up because Katrina, like yeah. life is bad and we're, yeah. we're bad. And yeah. so like, yeah. we're breaking up, but yeah. I'll play music at your birthday party next That's week nice. because that would be yeah. fun. I wasn't a DJ. I was just like, I'll just do that for you. And then people were like, you're, you're good at that. You, that was wow. fun. And that little thing you did, why don't you do that more often? And I was like, Oh, Sick. okay. And you know, there you go. And, and just having like a, you know, joyful love of music that being the, at the core of it that being the thing i'm not stopping at is the mm-hmm. thing like don't stop having a joyful love of it don't stop seeking that don't accept it when you're not having it change what you're doing you know but but hold tight to like the love of the thing period yeah, yeah. and make financial decisions based on that don't don't okay. fucking take shit that makes you feel icky for money. Don't do things that make you feel uncomfortable, you know, be able to rationalize and justify and, 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 and mean everything that you're doing in that regard. Mm. Cause no, it's just like money is absolutely ridiculous in retrospect. Like it has no, it has no bearing on anything like none at all. So amen. That's all I can say. It has no, I mean, speaking as somebody who works for a living, but also has, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm a white yeah. dude in the world. I don't mean to sound like, um, I don't have unique privileges yeah. for being like a white guy moving through the world with supportive parents mm-hmm. and a supportive community. So I, mm-hmm. it's not a me thing that I'm making for myself, but it's mm-hmm. like a thing that mm-hmm. your community can hold you up. You're, you can, you know, if you can't find it where you are, go where it is, whatever mm-hmm. it takes, but you know, change your life in service to it, I guess is the, it would be the rule. That's the way you keep doing it. Be willing to change your life in service to it. I'm uh, super thankful that, you know, there have been moments in my life where people have just said yes, and you and Delaney letting me into uh, your world is something I uh, you've changed my my life. So thank you for uh, being so generous, and and today being so generous with this interview, it's uh, it, it means a lot. So I'm honored to have you on, man. Thank you. Yeah, we love you, Rich. We love having you around. You uh, should spend Thank more time you. with us. Get back down here as soon as possible. Yeah, it's uh, you're on. You're on, man. I'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take care. All right. Thank you. Wasn't that a delight? And I really mean that, Jay. You changed my life. Thank you so much to you and all of our friends at uh, the New Orleans Airlift. Go to musicboxvillage.com to learn more about that wondrous place and if you're ever in New Orleans, check it out. Um, also, just Google Rusty Laser Music Box Village and prepare to be dazzled. That was Jay Pennington. Thank you for listening. That would pair nicely, I think, with episode 24, Ronaldo and the Loaf, perhaps. Or maybe go to episode 145, a more recent one, my talk with Homer Flynn. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again next time on Industry 